talk to the things you don't say. Welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. And this week is going to be a little bit different. This is an experiment I've been wanting to do for at least a couple of months now. And I'll see how often I can pull it off. It's a lot more labor-intensive than a normal episode. But I've got to say, I'm really happy with the result. So if you like this format, make sure to let me know on Twitter or send me an email. Because I have at least one more of these in the pipe. And I think it would be fun to do a whole lot more. And without further ado, let's get started. We join this conversation already in progress. Welcome to the first ever Math of You quiz, or what I'm calling this week, Fletcher Dome. <laughs> I am currently joined by our two contestants hailing from the UK. First up, we have Rosie Fletcher. Rosie, tell them who you are. Hello, I'm Rosie Fletcher. I'm from North London, and I'm reading for a master's in children's literature at the University of Goldsmiths. <laughs> Excellent. And your opponent today will be Jessica Fletcher. Hi, I'm Jessica Fletcher. I'm from South East London. And I'm currently reading Consider the Fort by B. Wilson, A History of Kitchen Utensils. <laughs> I presume these are all deep university challenge references that I am not getting at Yes. All. Um, yeah. <laughs> they always that. are so sincere with what they're reading at university. And unlike other online quizzes, I'm not pointing any fingers. Here on Fletcher Dome... The points are extremely important, and I will be keeping score, and there is none of that little half-point bullshit. Every question is worth one point, and if you don't get both aspects of the question, you don't get the question. I'm sorry, there are rules. <sighs> I love a quiz and I love rules, so I am on board with this. It's important to have standards about this sort of thing. It is. So let's get right to it, contestants. Let Fletcher Dome begin. Your first category will be general pop culture trivia. We have three questions each for music, comic books, television, and film. I have an important administrative question. Yes. Can we mm -hmm. interrupt the question with our buzzers, or do we have to wait for the full question to be asked? That is a good question. You must wait for the full question to be asked, because I hate when people do that. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> perfectly... Also, trying to get... It's just showing off, mate. It's just showing off. International Skype call plus interruptions. That's going to be a I nightmare. was thinking that. <laughs> Listeners, each contestant will have a buzzer, which will be that person's own name. I will be directing questions at each contestant in turn. However, if that contestant does not come up with an answer, the other contestant may steal using the tried and true method of going, Oh, oh, I know this, I know this, and making a big scene. So. <laughs> I'm just too excited. I may have spent the last three days coming up with these questions. Oh my goodness. So I'm quite proud. As you should be. Question the first will go to Rosie. Which of these non-U.S. cities does not have, had, or will have 
a Real Housewives franchise? <laughs> is it A, Bangkok, B, Sydney, C, Athens, or D, Tokyo? It's the one that, that does have it or doesn't have it. Clarification, it's the one that does not. Oh, okay. Does not, will not, and has never had it. Wow, this is some mind reading into the Bravo TV producers. I think they are never going to have it in Bangkok. I'm sorry. Ah! That is incorrect. <laughs> Bangkok is currently in production and will come out sometime this year. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was, in fact, Tokyo. There has not been or is not currently in production any Real Housewives of Tokyo. There is, however... Oh, shit. What's the name of it? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Reality show. Is it the one with the people living in a flat together that Jessica and I had a conversation about yesterday? Yes, Terrace House. Terrace House! And they go to Hawaii yes. in the one season. Yes, Terrace House is fantastic and everyone yeah. should watch it. Okay, I knew that was Real Housewives of Sydney because I have a specific reality TV show subscription and they show all... Most oh, for Hey You. Oh yeah, they've got... I, I mean, I'm mainly a Beverly Hills gal. <sighs> I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. Although Real Housewives of Sydney was a mess. There was Athena X who claimed to be a painter who could channel past lives in order to make art. And watching her declaim about what she was doing while she made these rather pedestrian abstract pieces uh, and then try to explain them to people and people just going, no. <laughs> also wow. in the first episode, a cape that looked like netting was thrown into Sydney Harbour. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I need more context and at the same time, no further context. <laughs> <laughs> the next question goes to Jessica. I'm ready. After 14 years of appearing on the show as Big Bird's imaginary friend, Mr. Snuffleupagus was revealed to be real and was seen by the adults of Sesame Street. In what year did that occur? Oh, wow. I am going to say 1983. Oh, very close, but unfortunately incorrect. It was 1985. Ah, uh, I went, yeah, I went too early. <laughs> Too early. This is very relevant to me <laughs> as I've been watching all of the old school Sesame Streets on a DVD. Oh, I can imagine, I can imagine. There was one where Mr. Stampalophagus was going around like affecting things while invisible, like, you know, moving stuff uh, on a shelf. Yeah. And like basically being a poltergeist and like walking around and <laughs> counting the people who don't notice him. And I'm like, this is creepy. Yeah. That, that they didn't see him for that long. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like in Scrubs. Yeah, I always thought it was that the, the grown-ups had always just missed him. So Big Bird was always like, oh, my friend Snuffy was here. Yeah, just around the corner. They're like, oh, he must have just gone. There's actually wow. two reasons for why they revealed him. The first was because there was a plot hole introduced by the incredible film Follow That Bird, where Snuffy received a postcard from Big Bird. Or was right. it wrote Big Bird a postcard? One of the two. He affected something, and they had to go, okay, well, if he's writing Big Bird a postcard, then... He has to be real. Yeah. So we have to fix this. Otherwise, children will be confused. Reasonable. And the second reason is actually far more serious. It's that at the time, there was a large spate of very disgusting and horrible childhood sexual abuse in places <laughs> like orphanages. Children were telling adults, and adults were not believing them. Uh, yes, I think I've read this, yeah. So they had to very quickly do away with the fact that Big Bird was saying something that he saw was true and was not being believed by the adults. Yeah. Wow. Wow, two questions in and it's nil-nil. This is Maybe I have over-prepared for this quiz. Nail-biting. Rosie. Yes. What Geordie Shore spin-off involves liberal use of the game theory concept of the prisoner's dilemma? Was that Geordie Shore or Jersey Shore? Geordie Shore. Geordie Shore. That would Shore. be Geordie Shore, oh! the better of the two. Okay. I'm trying to work out whether various things are spin-offs of each other. Is it Love Island? 
Unfortunately, no. Incorrect. The correct answer is the greatest reality television show of all time. Oh, it's going to be Just Tattoo of Us! It is indeed Just Tattoo of Us. Oh my god. (laughs) Listeners, if you're not familiar, look up Just Tattoo of Us. Because it's hosted by Geordie Shaw people. By Charlotte and Bear. God damn it, Rosie. This is where groups of friends will go into a tattoo shop, will each design a tattoo for the other, and have to get the other's tattoo blind, and then reveal it at the same time. So the prisoner's dilemma comes in for the fact is like, you could really screw your friend over, but then you know they have the ability to do the same for you. And the best results are always when someone picks something really sweet, like, hey, I've put the initials of both your grandfathers who died in the last year onto your feet, so their souls will be with you on the soles of your feet going forward. And the guy then got his own face tattooed life-size on his girlfriend's neck. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So that any time that she would be looking at another guy, he'd be looking back at him? I really hope there were several lawsuits and oh, he had to so pay taxes and that they never spoke to each other again and then she got lasered. I mean, is it? And it's real. They actually tattoo them. It's not. These, they are real anyway. tattoos. They have repeat people who come back and the tattoos are, in fact, real. I cannot. What? What? <sighs> Do you know what? <laughs> Government policy has failed so poorly in educating the young of this country. <laughs> Informed consent. We should shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> oh, All right. Now we move on to the comics segment. Jessica, are you ready? Yes. In Marvel's The Inhumans comics, what's the full name of their king, Black Bolt? Oh, wow. Although this also crosses over into TV because there was just an Inhumans television show, which I have not yet watched because apparently it's rubbish. Here it's terrible. Yep. I have heard of it, but I did also did not watch it. I'm going to have to make up his name. Go for it. Because I do not know. So I'm going to call him King Bolt III of <laughs> the place that he is from. But his, First of his family name. will refer to him as Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is unfair well, I... because you know that that's what people refer to me as. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Rosie, I... are you Pookie? No, I haven't been for like 10 years. I don't know why I brought it up now. I should just never mention it, but I was for a very long time. I could have got away with that because I really didn't mean that as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> you... I, okay. I, I, Rosie, I, I don't I... know why, but I called Rosie that as a joke like once or once or twice, and for some reason it stuck. So I can only apologize, but it just it became her name. It was when, when I went to university. 11. I requested. I said, hey, maybe don't call Pookie anymore. And then it did manage to go away quite quickly. Because I have to correct went, our oh, parents. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You'd actually genuinely See that. like that. I didn't not like it. I just felt <laughs> like I think I know this one. Vaguely. Oh. Can I well, steal? You gotta, you gotta do the ooh, customary... Ooh, I vaguely know it. I vaguely know it. Go for it, Rosie. I don't think I'm gonna get it right, but it's something really stupid. Like, he's called Black Bolt, but his name is, like, Blackula Bolton. It's weirdly short. It's something weird <laughs> like that, right? Very, very close. You're so close. It is Blackagar Boltagon. Yes! Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. I prefer Blackula. <laughs> Black Dracula. <laughs> Sydney Applebaum. Apple oh, hang on. I'm being interrupted by a baby. And I will take a picture of said baby that is interrupting me. <laughs> yes! Here we go. I'm going to drop it into the sketch. <laughs> when you say what? he's interrupted you, is he? he's crawling now, right? Has he just come over? Or has he... He is crawling now. But Kimiko has just walked him by. <gasps> that sound was just me kissing a baby. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous! <laughs> I mean, I don't wish to overstate it or it's kind of creepy, but I'm literally obsessed with your son. (laughs) That is fine. I I keep telling people he's good value, this baby. He is. 
He's so, oh, what a what a dynamite little kid. How <laughs> <laughs> I've got no point at the moment. What a face. <laughs> so after four questions of the first round, we are at nil nil, and I'm really thinking I overprepared for this quiz. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I think this is the better time. way to go, though. The real points are the friendships we made along the way. Absolutely. <laughs> the real bad place was the <laughs> one. All right, Rosie. Yes. What fictional element, Atomic Number 206, played a very large part in DC's 2017-2018 crossover, Dark Knight's Metal? Okay, I'm livid, because if it was a Marvel thing, I'd have got this, because it's Vibranium. <laughs> uh, if it's DC, I hate it, so I'm going to call it uh, Crapularium. <laughs> I was about to say lower your standards, but you may have lowered them too far. Uh, <laughs> okay. The correct answer <laughs> is the extraordinarily named Batmanium. Oh my oh, goodness! that's amazing. I should have just gone straight out. You should have just gone straight in with the Batman answer. Oh yes, this is part of Dark Knight's Metal, which involves a bunch of Dark Universe Batman, which were found by taking the normal map of the multiverse and literally turning it over to the blank part can, on the back. Can and I going, just interrupt you to say the the, just the phrase, just the phrase, Dark Knight Batman? I hate this already. <laughs> <laughs> I, Wait, I, I just hate this. So it sounds like the upside down of Dark Knight. Yeah, they just done the upside like down. Exactly. Oh my god. It is some Jeff Johns literalism bullshit. <laughs> Up there with saying where the Green Lantern Oath says in Brightest Day in Blackest Night. So there's got to be an apocalypse called the Blackest Night that leads to a resurrection called the Brightest Day. It just stands to reason. Yeah. Blug. <laughs> and also a character called the Blackest Night, spelled with a K. <laughs> and we're back to Blackula, I see. And then, but also, like, his actual name is Blackula. <laughs> Blackula Nitarium. All right, Jessica. Yes. What surprise character had a 2017 one-shot crossover with Batman that was so incredibly popular and critically acclaimed it saw over 10,000 reorders in a month from comic book shops that it sold out? Oh my god, I feel like I know this. This is something I've actually mentioned on the show at one point because it was one of the few comic book issues that I went to a comic shop and paid $12 for to buy it in a floppy <laughs> so issue. You could have it. Because this will not ever oh. exist again. This is a perfect crystallization of this moment in time. Yeah. Oh. Rosie, do you want to steal? No, I'm just, it, I, I mean, I don't know anything well, I say. Well, I thought one answer and then, she's just guessed. I didn't think it is, but it's good. But then, is it Hillary Clinton? <laughs> that was my thought. It is not. It is oh, the so amazing good. Batman Elmer Fudd one shot, number one. What? It's incredible. Okay, my initial <laughs> thought was Gillian Holtzman and that would never no, but I, I'm going to show you the cover of Batman Elmer Fudd. I was going to say Scooby-Doo, and I feel like I wasn't... There, there is a rather this. good series yeah, entering its second year called Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, where they fight zombies, but it's... Do you know what? I think comics, they're done. They've had like a 78-year run. <laughs> they no, had their chance. We... Yeah. And they've reached their natural conclusion, they've blown it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's taking forever to send. It's okay, because oh. I opened the chat, and now I'm just looking at your adorable son again. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting so much hair, it's ridiculous. Although I am hoping he gets Kimiko's naturally straight, perfectly smooth hair, as opposed to my non-Euclidean nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just picture your child as he is right now, but with... with oh, yes, your... I didn't know this. I have seen this cover before. Why, why have they made a gritty Elmer fudge? <laughs> <laughs> Who called for this? Who was banging on their office door? Their office... No one called, but DC answered. <laughs> I think the call was coming from within the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell spells. Because literally no one asked for it. <laughs> 
Luckily, the comic segment is over, and we can go into the music section still with nil-nil scores. It's literally all to play for. Well, we are big fans of QI, so if I don't have, like, negative points by the end of it, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Rosie. Yes. Which Jonas brother is a member of DNCE, the band behind the hit single Cake by the Ocean? Okay, well, I'm going um, just straight down the line. Based on the initials, I'm going to say it's Nick Jonas. Rosie, no. It is Joe, Joe Jonas. He's in Jumanji, so I was discounting him. Oh no, maybe Nick is in Jumanji. I mean, I can't tell the difference. I literally don't know which one of them is which. They're three young men with eyebrows. How am I meant to tell? <laughs> At this point, they are all Jonas. And so are all of yeah. me. I mean, a Joe Jonas is just their surname being said by somebody with a slight stutter. <laughs> Rosie. <laughs> Okay. It's really dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Right. Jessica. Yes, I'm ready. Which former One Direction member collaborated with Sia on the song Dust Till Dawn? Oh, okay. Right, let me narrow it down. See, my problem is I can always only ever name four members of One Direction at any one time. So it won't be that one. Probably not that one. It's like, it's like you can only ever name six dwarves. Mm, can't remember what that one's name is. Is it Zane? It is, in fact, Zane, and we have our first correct answer. Yay! This was going... going, Did you hear that, by the way? That was a baby cough in the background. (laughs) I'm the winner just from that. (laughs) Yes, it was Zane. This was going to be a question about which One Direction member had the best solo album, but sorry, it's Harry Styles, and that would be too easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. That's the one that everyone everyone instantly names. Yeah, sorry, Niall. No one, no one cares about your slow hand. And they've yeah. all, they've all done, they've all gone for like a different genre. So, I had to kind of guess which one would, would be the correct, the correct genre to be collaborating with here. Niall, Zane, yeah. Harry, Liam. Who's the fifth one? T'other one. Lewis. Lewis. No one ever remembers oh, Lewis. Totally, yeah, that's the one. Although yeah. I've got to say, and I probably mentioned this on the podcast as well. In my local wrestling federation, PWA, which is the shows I go to and have great fun at, there is a group of four luchadors who come out to a Spanish-language version of You Don't Know You're Beautiful, <laughs> and their names are One Direction. Oh, oh my god, that's amazing. Oh, I died. I've died in one to heaven. They've won. <laughs> and all their masks have, like, molded in, like, headset mics, so they can, like, lead the oh. dancing and still sing along. And their names are, like, the strong one, the romantic one, the big one, and the sexy one. Oh. And what's funny is that they're meant to be bad guys, but we love them so dearly that they come out and we cheer, and they have to remind us, no, no, you boo, one is bad today. <laughs> oh, there's Hero loves them. Yes, I actually <laughs> bought their t-shirt the first time I saw them, because there is a WWE wrestler who I'm very fond of, Shinsuke Nakamura, who goes by his aliases, he's the king of strong style, which was his alias in Japan. Tremendous name. Uh, and One Direction are the kings of song style. Oh, Nice, nice. And then when they came out <sighs> as bad guys, all dressed in black, they came out to Midnight Memories, because that was their evolution as a group. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on. Rosie. Yes. According to Formation, what does Beyonce have in her bag, Swag? Oh, hot sauce. Ah, correct. Yes! <laughs> we are tied up at one. Thank Christ. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now I'm here. At number one. <laughs> we're number one I'm really sorry I've just had a big lasagna and I think it's driven me crazy (laughs) Jessica 
Yes. We are into the film section. According to a 2014 study, the top three actors who have died in the most films and television shows are John Hurt, Bella Lugosi, Vincent Price, and who comes in at number four? Oh, well. Is it Sean Bean? Correct. It is <gasps> Sean. I die in every movie Bean. Yes. My, my initial thought was Alan Dale, but the reason I think that is because he, in in any like teen or slightly soapy show, he always dies of a heart attack and often falls in a swimming pool while doing it. And Hallelujah plays. While Hallelujah plays in the background, but that's not the same as dying a lot generally. It, that is correct. No. Yes, Sean Bean. I was actually shocked that he was so low. <laughs> I just like it. No, I knew that. I knew that. I just want to make it clear. <sighs> Well, I'm glad we've gotten to the section where people actually know the answers because I was getting really embarrassed <laughs> at the beginning there. <laughs> All right, Rosie. Yes. How many times has Miklos Laszlo's play Parfumery been adapted into film? Okay, so. <laughs> You're um, going to work it right from the beginning. This is a loaded question, so please work, show your work. I think it's one. I think it's the film Perfume. Oh, oh, me. I know it. I know it. I know it. Jessica with the steel. Oh! Shop around the corner, and it's you've got mail. And, then and it's also not the musical. She loves me. And no, it's three. It's the it's. Oh, it's, Jessica, it's, you were so close. It's the Judy Garland musical. It's the Judy Garland musical. <laughs> Rosie <laughs> is losing her mind. Oh my god! I have okay. to go and dissolve myself in a bath like a stock Cuban soup. <laughs> All right, Jessica, I will give you the it the, the, because you did, in fact, c- correctly say three. However, you got the names incorrect. I will give it to you, right. though. Because oh. in 1940, there was The Shop Around the Corner. Yeah. In 1949, there was In the Good Old Summertime. Oh, yeah, there was. Which was the musical version. And in 1998, yeah. there was You've Got Mail. Now, She Loves Me yeah. does not count as that was only a stage play that was then recorded yeah. with the fantastic and wonderful Zach Levi in the main role. I just like everyone to know that I've gone into a deep, deep depression. Oh, I so I so <laughs> thought you had this one. I'm like, that was your softball. I was like, I was like, oh, she's she's just gonna list them all and just get them by default. <laughs> all right, that was an excellent steal, and my heart is racing. The final <laughs> question in this round, thank Christ, is for Jessica. During the Rogue One press tours, right. Diego Luna repeatedly brought oh, up something related to Star <laughs> oh. Wars that he desperately, desperately wanted to do. <laughs> What was it? God damn it. I know it, I know he it. Just, he just wanted to touch Jabba the Hutt. He, just, he was just fascinated by his texture. He just, wanted to, he just wanted, for God's sake, somebody let Diego Luna touch Jabba the Hutt. Correct. Jabba the texture. <laughs> I just want to touch Jabba. And I believe, given the choice between punching an Ewok and French kissing Jabba the Hutt, he went with Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. Once they'd explained to him what French kissing was, he was like, oh, yeah, that. The big tar. He's really fascinated by <laughs> yes. the texture. Everyone looked at him and went, really? Yeah, I, just, I, just, I just want to know what the texture is. I just want to touch him. And what makes those clips special is all of the gestures he does. Yes. All of the amazing, expressive gestures about touching Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I hope, if he hasn't already, that someday he will get to touch him. Yes. Someone, someone do a change.org petition. Yeah. Can you hear that in the background? <laughs> Yeah, I think Hero is obsessed with the texture. Although <laughs> we do refer to him whenever, whenever Kimiko is like having a hard time with him and I'm at work, she will FaceTime me at work and just shove the phone in front of the baby. And the <laughs> angle that you get on a baby on a front-facing camera is fantastic. And I will only refer to him as Baby Yaba. 
<laughs> the face that he gives me is I can only refer to as oh shit. Hi, hi, Dad. Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't do anything. <laughs> what did she tell you? So at the end of the first round, we have Jessica leading four points to one. Oh wow, mate. There is a bonus question, and I will give it to the fastest person on their buzzer, which I remind you is your own name. How many times did The Rock face John Cena at WrestleMania? Hint, the tagline for the match was once in a lifetime. Rosie! Yes, Rosie? Twice. Indeed, it was twice. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know. I just totally, I was like, that, there's going to be some it, irony yeah. here. And yes, also, for my household, I have to get the Dwayne The Rock Johnson question right. <laughs> Otherwise, Lucy would change the lock. <laughs> yes, and I, see, I abstained because Lucy did a SWAT analysis on Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I had to abstain because I was going to put under threats that the Rock character was quite transphobic at times, but I didn't want to burst her bubble. Oh, no. And I, that's the thing. This was primarily in the 90s, and again, this was the character of The Rock, not The Rock himself. Yeah. You, you could do literally anything in the 90s. Retweets are not endorsements. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the next category I am very proud of. This is, don't call it a comeback. It's been here for years. This is a remix of a quiz I did on a short-lived podcast called The Culture Squad, in which I, Jen Doherty, Dan Bins, and Ginger Turner were discussing pop culture things for, I think it was eight episodes. It was good, and Ginger has actually deleted all the recordings, so we don't have it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. So this is an either-or. So we are going to have, a hopefully, a higher score this round. <laughs> it is comic book stories or cosmetics. Oh, I love this. Oh, yes. Every phrase that I give you will be either a comic book story, either an entire graphic novel or the name of an arc, or it will be a cosmetics product. Rosie, since you started last round, we are going to go to Jessica first. Jessica. Yes. Less is Norse. Wow. I think... That could be a cosmetics product. Oh, come on. That was clearly a Thor storyline. Well, you see, that I don't like to go with the obvious. It sounds like it should be Thor, but I also know that it could very possibly be like a lipstick colour or nail varnish. So is your final answer? You're going with cosmetic? Uh, yeah, I'll stick with that. Less is Norse. This dark ice blue nail polish from OPI says... What? Yeah. The Nordic the merrier. <laughs> I am... Um... <laughs> Up is down. I what? <laughs> up is down is clearly the name of the next question as well. Batman colon up is down. Okay. Rosie, your turn. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, chunky rice. Goodbye, chunky rice. Okay. Well, I neither want to read that yes. nor put it on my face. So, goodbye, chunky rice. <laughs> That sounds like the kind of thing you said about one o'clock in the morning after I touched. I touched. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible, and I'm tempted to d deny you a point based on that, but I will not do so because I am a fair arbiter in this quiz. Sayonara, cheesy chips. <laughs> oh, a comic book. Nobody's putting chunky rice on their body, unless that's what you're into. Correct. Oh, thank God. It is a top-shelf comic book. It is the story of a turtle returning to the sea, leaving behind his dear mouse girlfriend. It's really quite sad. Wait, you say it's top-shelf? Top-shelf, yes. Like, like, sexy? No, no, no. There's a company called Top Shelf Comics. Oh, right. That means something else. <laughs> oh, because top-shelf magazines in the UK are... Ah, regional differences. Gotcha. 
Well, you put the blue, the jacks. <laughs> you put them the on the top shelf so the kids can't see them in the newsagents. That, and I was like, goodbye, chunky rice. And then I thought it was pornography and there was just so much happening. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. Yes. Box office poison. Hmm. I think comic book. You are correct. Oh, it was because I was really thinking it could be a lipstick. And if I ever come up with a cosmetics brand, I will name a lipstick that. Uh, yeah, both. And it will be the colour of the plush velvet seats. I always felt it should be like a dark red lipstick with like a slight green mm. tinge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like a poison apple in a Snow White movie. Is it a Poison Ivy comic book? No, it is a slice of life comic about the quirky residents of an apartment building. That sounds good. I'd read it. Oh. I'd read it too. Rosie. Yes. Two-faced white peach. That sounds like a mistranslated children's rhyme. <laughs> Two-faced white peach. Oh, it's definitely a cosmetic. It is a multidimensional eyeshadow palette infused with peach and sweet fig cream. So you are correct. Because oh, multidimensional could easily be like yeah, a DC really thing it. as well. So I didn't know when you started saying that. I was like... I was just going to go with Two-Faced, which is spelled T-O-O. But I realized that was the name of the manufacturer, not the product. So I had to clarify. Jessica. Yeah. The Octopi and the Ocean. I'm going to go comic book. Correct. A small boy is caught between a pack of artifact-guarding sharks and a manipulative civilization of marriage-seeking octopi. Sold! Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> doesn't it sound great? With whom are they seeking marriage? No, actually, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't want to know. Rosie, Lady Danger. <laughs> uh, Lady Danger is uh, 100% cosmetics. Indeed. And comic book. It's both. <laughs> it is a MAC Vivid Bright Red Coral lipstick. Is it really sad that I literally knew exactly what that was? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jessica. See, I feel like we're getting into the rhythm now. This is good. Yeah. Too cool to be forgotten. Uh, I think that's a cosmetic. Incorrect. That is a comic uh... book. A 40-something father of two tries hypnosis to quit smoking and wakes up as his 15-year-old self in 1985. Of course. Of course. Yep. It was either going to be that or Prom King is killed in a car accident and gets to like have his like chance again or something. That was the only the only two ways they could go. It would have been more of a cosmetic if it had had the numbers two and four instead of the letters and just the letter B. And it would it would have been a Kylie Kardashian nail polish had that been the case. Rosie. Yes. Barefoot serpent. <laughs> Serpents don't have feet. That you know of. I, can't, I mean, I can't even... I'd like to... I have problems with the 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 terms of the question. Barefoot serpent? Yes. Oh, cosmetic. Incorrect. It is a uh, comic book. About somebody who doesn't understand animals? I'm... It's a biography of the life of Japanese filmmaker Akira Kurosawa, combined with the story of friendship between a small girl and boy in Hawaii. Wow. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there, I know. I mean, they still don't have feet. I'm, I hate to be that executive who's ragging on the title, but I can't get past it, and the, the masses can't either. I feel like it could also be the name of a, a longboard manufacturer. Mm. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, totally. Or, you know, those weird, like, knitted socks that you put on after you put on a foot cream. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Deal with your scales with Barefoot Serpent. So you can get slough off of your yeah, lizard yeah. gross calluses. <laughs> Yeah. Gross Calluses is the name of my makeup brand. <laughs> my cosmetics brand is called Is That What You're Wearing? <laughs> very, very good. Because no other question will strike fear into your heart <laughs> as much as that one. Uh, Jessica. Ready. That's what friends are Thor. 
Oh, now you see, the obvious is to go with comic book and say it's a it's a Thor comic book, but it could be spelt T H E W and be like a frosty kind of colour. I'm gonna go cosmetic. I'm gonna take a punt. Who's afraid of ice giants? Not you in this powerful earthy brown nail polish from yes. OPI. <laughs> oh, oh my I wasn't god, earthy brown though. I was, yeah, I was expecting like snowflake colour, but yeah, that was luck to be honest. Yeah. Rosie. Yes. Apocalypsticks and lipsticks is spelled with a Y and an X. So incorrectly. Yes. <laughs> Apocalypsticks again seems so obvious, but then the last one seemed like double triple bluffs. It's almost like someone constructed this quiz intentionally to be <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Apocalypsticks. Cosmetic. It is a comic book by Oni Press. Oh. <laughs> Oh. It is the story of a post-apocalyptic all-girl traveling rock band, because when you're ah! in a post-nuclear dystopia, what else is there to do but rock out? Oh my god, I have to read this immediately. I need that in my hands. I have it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Alright, we're coming to the last two questions of the round. Jessica. Yeah. Prisma Libra. Hmm, that's a tricky. Um, comic book. Unique and iconic, Givenchy uh. Prisma Libra Loose Powder combines four shades to create ultra-natural and made-to-measure harmonies. That sounds like quite a staple item as well. I feel like I should have known that, but oh well. Also, I need to point out that it is impossible to have harmonies on your face or to have made-to-measure makeup. I just need to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones where like, it claims to, to, to blend itself to your skin tone. It's like, how could it possibly know? It's like when I was watching The Truth About Cats and Dogs and they talked about free radicals attacking your skin and I had only just at the time learned about radicals in math and I went, that, that's garbage. What, that doesn't make numbers. any sense. <laughs> yeah. Rosie. Yes. The final question in this round. Bomb Queen. Bomb, B-O-M-B. Yes, as an explosive thing. Comic book. Correct. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> in the twisted town of Newport City, the only thing the population of criminals and murderers need is the cruel icon of injustice and amoral behavior, the Bomb Queen. It's not a very good comic book. It would make a great hot pink lip gloss. Yeah, it's got a great title. It would indeed. All right, so at the end of the second round, these scores are Rosie with five points and Jessica with eight points. Oh, Ooh, closing the gap. Rosie coming from behind there and catching up, so you better watch your back, Jessica. The next round is a specialty round. This is where each contestant nominated a special topic for which they are an expert. <laughs> See, this is where the fear sets in because I'm now convinced that I don't know anything. Oh, same here. I did revision over dinner. <laughs> and Hero shouting in the background. That's what Hero thinks of that. Yeah. Uh, that was very good timing, Hero. However, in a patented Matthew twist, oh no, as the most Lucas Brown thing to do in a quiz is to feel incredibly frustrated because you know the answer and someone else doesn't. For every specialty category that you nominated, your sister gets first crack at the question. Right. Oh, that's great. Almost, almost all I coming. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder whether we'd have to just do the whole round of each other's, but no, this is good. First crack, I'll accept. All right, so for Rosie's category, we have Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. And for Jessica's category, we have the hit television series, Due South. Oh, good, good <laughs> lord. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't say I'd eat a parsnip. 
Hello. Ah, yes, this would actually be an excellent Hello. time for us to pause. And as the Math View is recorded in Leichhardt, New South Wales, Australia, as said every week on the show, I am not able to give physical prizes to my contestants on these quizzes. So I have asked them to decide amongst themselves what will be the prize between them. So, Rosie and Jessica, what have you decided will be the prize to the one of you who wins? Well, in the spirit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Halloween episodes, that the the loser must declare publicly the winner, an amazing detective slash genius. And? And also make them a crown. Yeah. Which they can then wear. I think the especially important aspect of this is not just that there is a declaration and pride involved, but that there must be a craft project that ends in public humiliation. Yep, yep. So the loser will, will make a crown that the winner can then wear whilst a declaration is made in public and or on the internet. Bad luck, I love craft, so even if I lose, I win. <laughs> yeah, All I right, that may- so the first question... A, maybe, maybe it should be a joint craft. That's a good idea, actually. All right, first question goes to Rosie. Okay. On due south, Benton Fraser has a pet. A, oh, thank you, hero. A deaf <laughs> half-wolf named Diefenbaker. For whom was this wolf named? A previous Canadian prime minister. That is correct. Oh! John Diefenbaker. My one fact about yourself. The 13th Prime Minister of Canada and a Tory, Boo Hiss. Oh. <laughs> Says one point for Rosie in this round. Jessica, Judy Garland was the first woman to win a Grammy for Album of the Year. What was the album? Was it Judy, Judy, Judy live at the... See, my brain wants to say Apollo because that's the, the word. Carnegie Hall? It was, in fact, 1961's Judy at Carnegie Hall. Very good. You've taught me well. Live at the Apollo is something else entirely. <laughs> that's, a, that's a TV show that is on, like, all the time. <laughs> all right. Rosie. Yes. What future Avenger guest starred in season one's A Cop, A Mountie, and a Baby? Oh, I hope they were the baby. A former uh, future Avenger. Yes. Mm. There are so many of them. Jeremy Renner. Oh, I know this. I know this. Jessica with the steel. Oh, jeez. It was Mark Ruffalo. Correct. The future Incredible Hulk played Vinny Weber, a shitty dad who puts his baby up for black market adoption. Yeah, without asking the mum. Whoa! <laughs> who leaves the baby in, in race car. It's a, it's a whole big thing. Yeah, they actually tracked down what pharmacy they went to by the formula of the vomit that the baby spews on Ray's shoulder. Goat milk. It's that kind of show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, that's true. Pharmacies are very picky about what formula they stock, says the guy who went to three different pharmacies yesterday, and they did not stock her formula. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Jessica. Yes. What song did Judy refuse to sing for Meet Me in St. Louis because it was too depressing? Wow, so it was too depressing. I definitely have known this at some point. Rosie, do you want to steal? I do want to steal. Wait, she wait, no, she... it's, you know, it's, 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 it is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, Ooh, was... too quick. There you go. Correct. They, because they, they did sing it, but they changed the words. Yes, because the original lyrics were Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It may be, be your, your last. last. Next year, we may all be living in the past. <laughs> and she said, maybe not, mate. I am not singing this to a child. And then, and so she muddled through somehow. Yeah, and she so she changed it to that, but then Frank Sinatra changed it again. Faithful friends who are near to us will be dear to us somehow. Yeah, they switched around. All right. Paul Gross, who plays Benton Fraser and is very handsy, yes. is married to an actor who plays which of Benton's relations? Oh, well, any of them immediately makes this gross. Oh, it's extremely gross. Paul Gross, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> okay, well, I'm trying to do this based on age. 
his sister? Mother. His... his... (laughs) Your final answer, please. His sister's mother. His mother. That is correct. Oh! (laughs) He's married to the woman who plays his mother, and I'm sure it's not weird at all. (laughs) Wow. Is she a lot? I actually don't She's a ghost. No, she only... She plays as a ghost because she died many years before. (gasps) That was my hope. (laughs) This is a roller coaster. Jessica. Yes. What percentage of Judy Garland's husbands turned out to be closeted gay men? Oh, well. Mm, 30%. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. I don't. I, I, I don't. Yeah. What's funny is because that would mean that it was one and a half of husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how many times she'd been married. Rosie, do you want to steal? Ooh, ooh, I know it. I know it. Yes, Rosie. Okay, well, I'm just going to assume it's 40% and it's David Rose and Vincent Minnelli. That is also incorrect. Okay. It is 60%. Three of the five. Who was the last one? Mark, was Mark Heron? Okay. I did not check the names. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I had enough research for this, this episode already. That's fair enough. Now I'm going to have to go and do some more research. Oh, you're always learning when you're a fan of Judy. <laughs> Rosie. Yes. Benton Fraser is often visited by what spectral apparition? I say often. Oh. Clarification. It's the, the ghost of his dead father on the trail of whose killers he first came to Chicago. That is correct. The ghost of his dead father, Benton Frazier Sr., a.k.a. known to fans as OFDM, our favorite, favorite dead, dead Mountie. Mountie. Wow. <laughs> well, because Benton is our favorite Mountie. So he's our favorite dead Mountie. Yeah. Okay, well, that's rude, because I think Leslie Nielsen might be my favorite. <laughs> Jessica. Yes. What was the difference in age between Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz and Judy herself while playing the role? Uh, three years? Was she 16 playing a 13-year-old? Ooh, ooh, I think I know it. Rosie for the steal? So, she was 16, 17 when they filmed. I think there is a five-year age gap, and she was a 17-year-old playing a 12-year-old. Correct. Judy was 17, (gasps) and Dorothy was meant to be 12. Hence, uh, a lot of restrictive support undergarments. Yeah, poor gal. Yeah. All right. For the final question in this category, Rosie. Yes. In the episode Burning Down the House, new character Buck Frobisher is remarked to resemble which famous Canadian actor? Leslie Nielsen. (laughs) Correct. Yes! Yes! (laughs) And at the end of round three, which was far more successful than I expected it to be, we have Rosie on 10 points. And Jessica on 11 points. Oh! Ooh. Bravo. <laughs> yes, Hero evidences his joy. <laughs> For the final round, this will be a single round where Ooh. each of you will get your own crack at these questions. But yet again, I remind you, you can jump in and steal with the ooh, ooh I know this. Okay. Now, for this round, the reason I specifically wanted sisters on this show is I realized that on the math of you, people say lots and lots of things about how they grew up and about themselves and opinions and thoughts. And I thought, wow, isn't that just a great well of things that I can research that people may not remember they said? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, Rosie, you must answer questions about Jessica 
based upon statements she made on her episode of The Math of You. Okay, well, bad luck, Jessica, because I, <laughs> I will have made up some 100% nonsense when I was on it. Okay. Oh. I was about to say, disclaimer, this is correct only to what was recorded on The Math of You, not to your actual life. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, reasonable. And I need to point out, these are the final categories. These will decide the winner and who must make the crown for the other one. Okay. Okay, we're ready. <sighs> Rosie. Okay, we're ready. Which interest badge did small Jessica not get at Brownies or Guides? Was it A, the Entertainer badge, B, the Hostess badge, C, the Free Being Me badge, or D, the Toy Maker badge? It will definitely be Free Being Me. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Because that was only established in that 2016. Had, that had um, not been invented yet. Yes. Because it, it's about body positivity, and that's kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, the Toymaker badge apparently involved going into a toy store with a notebook yeah, and making yeah. reviews. My, my friend Hannah and I did reconnaissance. Which tween novel series did Jessica not read? Oh. Was it A, Anastasia Krepnik, B, Scrambled Legs, C, The Babysitter's Club, or D, The Saddle Club? The Babysitter's Club. Correct. Yes. I am supremely confident about this round. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yep, it definitely is. I, I had to search through so many Apple paperbacks to find these answers. <laughs> Question the third. Rosie finished the title of the first Scrambled Legs book, A Dog Named What? A Dog Named... Um, is it Blackula Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know this. <laughs> Jessica, with the steel. It's a dog named Toshu. Ugh. Correct. Yeah. Because Scrambled Legs is about ballet. Yeah, I see that now. And I still don't know how you come up with a series of initials based upon other names that make up the word Toshu. I, yeah. I... That's not on purpose. Each of the kids gives him their, <laughs> gives him his own name throughout the book. Oh, and it just happens to spell Toshu? Yeah, and then they wrote all the initials. And yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Boo! <laughs> what problem did Anastasia Krepnik have when she took care of dribbles? Okay. Well, assuming Dribbles is the dog, she meant to put a bag of his poop in a rubbish bin <laughs> and instead she put it in a post box and accidentally caused a bomb scare. Was the, was the question actually about gerbils? It was in fact about gerbils, yes. Oh. <laughs> then, I do not know. I only know one Anastasia Kropnik pet-based anecdote. Although that is, that is amazing. <laughs> Did they have babies? Ooh, ooh I heart. Ooh, ah, what are you doing? Actually, she got, she got in the, just before the, the steal. Witch, you're doing the witch doctor there. In fact, they did all bone down, and she ended up with, in fact, too many gerbils. She okay. started with two and ended with 11. I'm going to so say just in the nick of time. that they did not at any point in this tween book include a chapter on how the gerbils boned down. That <laughs> was not they hey. were both girls. I mean, that was implied. Historical records were sketchy at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but also, what a lovely educational answer, because you also got to hear the plot to another Anastasia Krupnik book, where she accidentally put some post in the bin and some poo in the post box. Although she doesn't actually cause a bomb scare, she actually foils a genuine bomb. Oh, that's the one. Cause she's, but she's so convinced that she's tampered because with the Because the baggie lands on the incendiary device, and it doesn't go off properly, it just singes a few things. <laughs> but she thinks that she's committed a, a federal crime. <laughs> interesting if true she sees that the post box is gone the next day and is like oh no they had to take it away because I put a bag of dog poo in it 
and uh, yeah, and then eventually it turns out that she'd actually seen the, the perpetrator whilst out walking the dog, and she goes in and like gives a description. They arrest him, and he's a disgruntled post office worker, and it's fine. Because of course he is. Although it's a much better problem to have with gerbils than I had with hamsters, which is that we touched the babies too soon, and the mother ate, ate them, them all yeah, and then died. Yeah, yeah. Just, I think just about everybody's hamster story, which is the worst. We, yeah, I have to say that has never happened to us, but we've only <laughs> ever had like one hamster at a time. That's fair. Solo lady hamsters. <laughs> yeah. Which is our, our band, by the way. The lady hamsters. Solo lady hamsters. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Rosie. How would Jessica react if confronted with a bomb and wires to cut? Wow. Well, I don't recall the answer, so I'm going to have to use 28 years of psychological profiling of my big sister <laughs> to say... Um, I know what I would do, which would be to F off and leave it to somebody else. Um, <laughs> Jessica would coolly cut the red wire while betraying no emotion. <laughs> Jessica, do you want to steal? I have no memory of saying this. I feel like maybe I would cut both of them on the grounds that what's the worst that could happen? But A bomb would go off! Is what... <laughs> I would cut neither of them and drop a bag of dog poo on them. <laughs> yeah, call back! You're so close. What you said was you would put the bomb in a bucket of water, put the bucket in an empty room, and walk away quietly, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. the Troy and Abed method. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that is that is what I would do, yes. That sounds exactly like something I would you, say. So the run away and pretended someone else's problem, Rosie, you were very close. Oh. <laughs> what was the hotline for Saturday morning kids' TV series Live and Kicking? Oh, one, eight, one, eight, one, one, eight, one, eight, one. <laughs> Correct. Oh, I'm so convinced I was gonna have a steal them. No. <laughs> Do you know how many times I had to pause that episode, go back, and eventually put it on like one half speed to get all the numbers of that number because you said it so quickly. One eight one eight one one eight one eight one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I was there on the train, <laughs> hitting like forty five seconds back, and just hearing it, and then finally just putting it on half speed. I, I still haven't phoned it, so I'm afraid I, I, I can't follow up and, uh, and tell you what happens. Mm-hmm. Small Jessica wanted to be a presenter for which television program when she grew up? Well, I assume, like all right-thinking British children, it was Blue Peter. Correct. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Who wouldn't? She has since decided not to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, on, it's on its own channel. It's not the same. It's not the same now. It's not on BBC One at five o'clock. Don't trust it, mate. Don't trust it. It's gone corporate, man. They went electric. It's not been the same. Yeah, exactly. Now, Rosie follow-up question what color was jessica's blue peter badge oh well she has a blue one and a green one. Oh, she never got a green one when she was small unfortunately but oh. you are correct in that you said blue first so yeah i, will give no, it to I never you. got the green one and now i'm too old I'm so old we'll just buy one on ebay <laughs> i mean yeah it's like not the same no <laughs> you gotta earn it why did i think you had a green one well i mean one would think that i would have one <laughs> It fits, doesn't it? It fits. <laughs> what one would think. <laughs> On that note, Rosie, mm-hmm. everyone knows the Fletchers are prodigious sign makers, as evidenced by the recent Women's March. But what did six-year-old Jessica write on her sign for a Friends of the Earth demonstration? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you'd been to... Was I there? No, I don't think so. Who did you go with then? Our mother. Well, where was I? I was too. <laughs> I don't know. Was I just in a in a nearby cafe? Um, I 
I... It was a cool demonstration, Rosie. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair. That is fair. <laughs> I, I couldn't... I was so ahead of the time. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I've listened to this episode. <laughs> I, know, I, know the, I know the answer. Ooh, I know this. Yes, yes. Uh, it was Don't Buy Pete. Indeed it was. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something our family would have done in the 90s. Protest against Pete. <laughs> This was a very important issue in 1992. Peaked in things. It was it was terrible, man. All right, Rosie. No one really fun- talks about it anymore. Is acid rain still a thing? I, no, I think we got rid of acid rain. <laughs> yeah, see, I had a little water testing kit where you'd go around and put like the little paper in puddles to see how high the pH was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess my work was done then. I solved the problem. Exactly. <laughs> now, Rosie, this is the final question in this round. Your last chance to get a point in this game. Jessica pointed to two television programs as being formative to her veganism and environmentalism. <laughs> oh my god, okay. I, nearly, I nearly used those as follow-up. One <laughs> yeah. is Captain Planet. What was the other? Uh, Smokies and the Sun Tots. Yes, indeed, yeah. it was the Smokies. Yes. Jessica, can you still sing the song? Uh, yeah, Sun Tots, Sun Tots everywhere. You see the Smokies, Smokies over there. Something, something else. And they're like... <laughs> Whenever I envisage pollution, I still I see it like coming out of the big chimney and and like spreading out in the water. That's that's what pollution looks like. That's how it works. Everyone knows that. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what pollution looks like. All right. So at the end of that round, Rosie, you have pulled out seven points. Whew. Okay. And Jessica has only managed to steal two. And the final round of this quiz for all the marbles. <laughs> Jessica, are you ready for these questions about Rosie? I am. And I actually had to go in and take out a few because I had like 16 questions for Rosie and only about 10 for you. It's with the answer to to the other six badges. Hey, now. (laughs) Question the first. What was the name of the celebrity and entertainment gossip community that ruined Teen Rosie's cultural engagement? Oh, uh, Live Journal. No. Oh, Oh, I know this. Rosie for the steal. It, it, you have to be specific. It's oh no, they didn't on Life Channel. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, Viva Senor yeah, Bale. Senor Bale. Yaba. Jessica. <laughs> what Buffy villain terrifies Rosie to the point where she oh. must close her eyes during the opening credits? Uh, it's the um uh the the gentleman. Ugh. Correct. <laughs> Yeah. I'd just like to remind you, we're recording this near to our bedtimes, so... With their creepy metal teeth and their magician's hands. (laughs) And their lolloping sidekicks. Oh, it's the sidekicks! Oh! It's the lolloping. The bedlam escapees with the cages on their heads. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like it. It's, It's very scary. Now, Jessica, which work... Which work did Rosie once punch a friend for spoiling? That would be uh, Harry Potter and uh, the the fourth. I mean, am I allowed to say what the spoiler uh, was? You can. Is it like this? What's the statute of limitations on? It was Harry Potter and the. Oh man, which one was it? Wait, was it Serious Dying? Yeah, I'll give you that. I need the name of the book. Oh, oh, um, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Oh. I thought you were going to miss it right at the end there. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't say it. And then I was like, no, that's what. And then I was, I was my, my brain was filling in the, the, the events of the Goblet of Fire, but with the words, the Order of the Phoenix. And I, I managed to line them up correctly at the end. So. Next question. In what European country did Small Rosie beat the Elite Four with her friend Tara? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
from France? Correct. Yeah, I did. You're on like a, a cultural a cultural school trip <laughs> and the two of you just played Pokemon. They got the room allocation wrong and four of my friends were sharing a three-bedroom room and Tara and I were in a six-bedroom room and they didn't think to swap it. Yeah. <laughs> Why did it not occur to them to put... <laughs> and you didn't see fit to ignore them. Well, I mean, maybe they did it on purpose because they knew we ought to be isolated. <laughs> Could they not have swapped the rooms over? Uh, who's to say? All right, next question. Name the fictional death, the spoiling of which allowed Rosie to get a high-level Clefairy in Pokemon. <laughs> Was it serious Black in Harry Potter? Ooh, ooh, I know it! Rosie with the steel. It was Cedric Diggory. It was indeed. Also, this is giving me a real insight into my life, and I have to go away and make a lot of new decisions. What about how how often you will use Harry Potter spoilers in order to gain things and hurt people? <laughs> it's just Harry Potter and Pokemon all the way down. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a good person now. <laughs> yeah, there are definite negative points on the infographic. I'm going on the bat to the bad place. Jessica, what was Small Rosie's starter Pokemon? I'm going to say Squirtle because it's the one with the funniest name. I, I know this, I know this. Rosie with the steel. It was Pikachu, then Cyndaquil. It was Pikachu was the one I was going for, but yes, Cyndaquil was the follow-up. Because I, th- I had Pokemon Yellow. I figured Pikachu would be far too obvious. Yeah, because I had, I had Pokemon Yellow. What's a Cyndaquil? No, I didn't. Uh, it's a second generation. It's like number 152 or something. Oh, is that what? That's like its periodic number. Oh, all Pokemon <laughs> have numbers, Jessica. Right, I was clearly okay. not okay. talking about it enough, contrary okay. to what this quiz is showing. <laughs> Oh, God. Is this all I talked about? <laughs> oh, God. We're getting to other stuff, but there was a lot of Harry Potter and Pokemon talk. Yeah, that reflects... That's true to life. Jessica, in what Harry Potter house does adult <laughs> Rosie belong, and what is her Patronus? Well, for a long time she was Slytherin, but she's recently come to realise that she's actually, obviously, a Ravenclaw, with a minor amount of Hufflepuff rising. Yeah. And the question okay. is, did you say that on the okay. podcast? She did indeed. I will give you that part of the question. Okay, cool. The Hufflepuff thing I only realised this week, so... Um, Your Patronus would be a badger. Unless it was a weasel. No, badger. Correct. Because everyone thinks they're twee in Woodland, but they can rip faces Hmm. off. Direct quote. And then they're vicious bastards. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know they go into a winter torpor instead of of going into hibernation? I told you it would be badgers. (laughs) It's badgers all also, the way down. Also, uh, they yeah. uh, greet each other by anal rubbing, which I also do. <laughs> also, I need to point out in this juncture that the wombat, which is the closest thing Australia has to a badger, will go into a burrow that is just barely tight enough for them to fit and then kill anything following them with their butt. The dream. Not a joke. They literally have like layers of fat and padding. <laughs> yes. Wow. Don't we all? Wombats rule. Next question. And it's not about Harry Potter. Oh, Okay. How many nuts does it take to make a jar of peanut butter? It takes a lot of little nuts to make a jar of peanut butter. That is correct, according to... Or an awful lot, depending on which yeah. verse you're on, I think. According to Bert's blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This blanket's full of nuts! Sounds like a terrible catchphrase from a bad sitcom. Does indeed. <laughs> What would Rosie name the theoretical village cottage in which she would live off the profits of her theoretical children's books? Oh, oh God. Oh, wow. It is. I see. I want to say it's also something to do with badgers. It was really good. I remember listening to it and I laughed and I was at work. 
Oh, do I know this? I don't know this at all. Damn it. I think it's... I think... Hmm, it's a pun. It is. Yeah, it's a pun, and it was like a twee cozy pun, but it's also, also... Yeah. All right, Rosie, do you have the steel? Okay, I think it's a pun upon the word set. Oh. Is that your answer? Oh, Bloomsbury set. Bloomsbury set. Or something like that. Writery, and then we have two T's. Oh, that it should be. That's really good. I haven't got a clue. Unfortunately, you were both very close, but incorrect. It was coming off of this set, for as in a badger. It was, in fact, the blending set. Blending set. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, makes, that makes sense. Yeah. It was also a very good pun, and I liked it a lot. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Final question, apart from one bonus question, which I have, which I'm going to finish around with, <laughs> because I overprepare for things. Name two characters <laughs> Rosie played in teenage movies she made about Harry Potter. Right. See, I'm picturing the Ron Weasley wig, but I don't think you wore that. I think you were Snape, and I think you were Sirius Black, among 18,000 others. Ooh, ooh, I know this, I know this, I know this. Rosie with the steel? I was Ron Weasley, I was Snape, I was Rita Skeeter, I was Bellatrix the Stranger, was the voice of the Sorting Hat. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was correct. Yeah. I think it's in landfill now. That's never, ever rotting down. And the final bonus question. Jessica, what, according to Rosie, is the best film? Moonrise Kingdom. It's a perfect film. And what is the last line of that film? See you tomorrow. Oh, two points at the end in the bonus for Jessica. Yeah. I I feel seen, <laughs> but I also feel robbed of an opportunity to talk about my favorite film. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a party conversation that I can't break into. Oh. You're, well, you're so lucky because one of the topics I suggested was the, not seriously, but was the, the workings and mechanisms involved in Big Ben. <laughs> oh. Mostly so that I could just, <laughs> because I knew that that would annoy you. Also, it would mean that I could use the phrase double three-legged gravity escapement mechanism, but we won't go into that now. I didn't even have a backup one. I just said Judy Garland. <laughs> I like, I, I, what level do we want? I'm assuming pop culture, but I can do deep cuts on like all sorts of random things. I just went route one. Oh. Well, I have two route ones, and it's due south or rally mobile, which I think would have been an even match. Oh, I just... Oh. <laughs> so I have tallied the final scores. I've tallied. Okay, cool. I'll get the parsnips on. Jessica, with those two bonus questions at the end, getting you a point each, yeah. you ended up with a final total of 20 points. Nice and even. That's what we like. Rosie, you ended up with 21 points. Ooh. <laughs> that what how did i do that jessica i'm so sorry you were robbed <laughs> that's all right oh. i get to do a craft project so yeah but also although i technically won the quiz i had to listen to a whole quiz about myself so in many ways i lost and <laughs> you know you win a quiz you lose your sense of self-worth <laughs> If one were to break it down, it was the number of correct answers in the Jessica round that brought you over the over the edge ah, there. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there are many things breaking down right now. Oh, that's Anastasia Kropnik. You have to thank for that. Oh boy, I can't believe it. Down so much for us. And thus ends the first ever Math of You quiz. I still think I overprepared, but I am happy with the results no. of Fletcher Dome. Beyond Fletcher Dome. It was tremendous. Hero thinks so too. That's the most perfectly timed screaming I've ever heard. The victory squeal of Hero Roberts Brown. <laughs>
Oh, here, Christopher Franklin. Now, before we wrap up, Rosie, first, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet if they choose to do so? Oh, you can find me and my lengthy porridge chat on Twitter. I'm at Rosie at Large. I'm the same on Instagram, and you can hear me occasionally on BBC Radio 4's film program. Fancy. <laughs> and by the way, I'm, I'm still getting notifications from that goddamn porridge conversation. Because I think I was like the third reply. Yeah, still <laughs> coming in. Oh my god. So I have it muted. I muted it, but then occasionally, if you're on the app while somebody like something even if you've muted it it comes up so i click on it and it's the sodging porridge chat <laughs> i mean what is my life hero agrees i agree hero <laughs> <laughs> and jessica where can they find you on the internet i'm also jessica that's o-h-s-e-w-e jessica on twitter and instagram and all that jazz and i'm not on radio 4 but you can hear me on the podcast that we do together called raising jessica's Day of fun available at raisingjessica.co.uk and iTunes and whatever podcast app you prefer. Excellent. And thank you both for coming on to test the format and living through all the planes that were flying over my house and my baby shrieking in the background and all the other things that are (laughs) probably going to cause difficulty in the editing of this episode. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I love a quiz. The Math View is recorded in Leichhardt, New South Wales, Australia, and is written, hosted, and edited by yours truly, Lucas Brown. New episodes are released every Wednesday evening, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, simply send an email to themathofyou at gmail.com and tell us what you'd like to talk about. You can follow the show on Twitter at themathofyou, and you can follow my wacky adventures at Lokified, L-O-K-I-F-I-E-D, on Twitter and Instagram, and Lokified82 on Snapchat. If you have a few dollars kicking around and would like to directly support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash and pledge as little as a dollar a month. Of course, you can also pledge as much as you want. I am a lone wolf on a campaign of information, letting everyone know you can pledge as much as you want on Patreon. Patrons get cursive tweets, physical mail, and I would really, really just appreciate it so much. If you'd like to support non-monetarily, I could always use a few more iTunes ratings. You can go to Apple Podcasts in the country of your choice and leave a five-star rating to help people find the show. You can also write a review, and I might read it out. Won't that be nice? If you like the music I play on the show, there's a Spotify playlist for that. You can go to bit.ly slash themathofyou, with capitals at the beginning of each word, to find a Spotify playlist with all the music I've ever used going all the way back to episode one. That's like 11 hours of music including this one. This is Battle Without Honor or Humanity by Tomoyasu Hote. Yes, I know, it's that one song from Kill Bill. I update the playlist every week when the episode goes live, so make sure you subscribe to get the new music in your ears. Next week, we're back to a regular episode. God, do I even remember how to do that? I'll be talking to Kit Mulcairn about Animorphs and how to beat Soul Calibur with just one quarter. Join me, won't you? Oh, Jessica had to go and sort out the hamster making too much noise. She's in the other room and the door is closed. It's fine. Okay, I'm, I am going to ask the question. I didn't know you had a hamster. You have a hamster? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> She's the cutest. 
What is the name <laughs> of this hamster? Uh, she's called Lola. That's an excellent name. I, I'm afraid I can't take credit for it. She had the name when I got her. I was going to say, I feel like, you know how there's always a story in like TV or books or something where they think the dog's a boy and the dog turns out to be a girl or something. Yeah. And they're like, we named the dog Sam, but now the dog's name is Samantha. Yeah. I feel like Lola could be the result of one of those, considering what the King song is about. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah, amazing. She, yeah, there are um, so many Lola songs as well, so she gets them all sung to her. Also, Jessica, you haven't used her full name. Lola Begonia. I said it Begonia. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember why. I just like. My favorite pet name is Anthony Carboni of We Have Concerns and many, many other things on the internet. Has a Pomeranian who a he refers to as his perfect prince, and secondly, his full name is Dagger Cannonball Thunderfang. <laughs> amazing. That's an amazing name. It's pretty good. Your baby noise behind me. Yay! <laughs> Let the baby host the podcast. All right. So I'm going to wait for this plane to go over and we will get started. I'm going to quickly learn a lot about Back to the Future, which is what I assume Jessica's nominated. <laughs> is that why you wanted uh, Power of Love as your outro on your episode, Jessica? Yeah, it's the greatest film ever made. <laughs> and everyone's right. It is It is a very weird film. Don't read into it too much. But it's the greatest yeah. film ever made. <laughs> exactly. Excuse Bless me. You. You're allergic to cramps. Bless you. I'm allergic to losing. Hang on, we have a, both a plane and a shrieking baby, so I'm just going to wait for the noise in the Roberts Brown household to subside. <laughs> Can you hear this? He's going to be a pilot. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. a pilot or like a town crier. <laughs> All right, Rosie. This is one you may actually know, unrelated to anything, depending on how good, how good you are with numbers. I'm gonna wait for you to stop screeching. It's, a, it's adorable. It's adorable, but like, is this because he keeps hearing us talking about bombs and we've we've scared him? Oh, uh, update. The reason Hero is shrieking is because we put down this like very comfy mat so he doesn't roll over and knock his head on our hardwood floors, uh, and he's carried himself to the edge of it and he's trying to grab the power cords out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And he is being thwarted in this action, so that makes him very upset. Oh no! <laughs> it's like no, my master plan. <laughs> I'm just gonna switch off this light. Right. It's gonna unplug everything. No PS4 for you. <laughs> I will have the cables.